0: When we last left our heroes, they were locked into a terribly important discussion. Let's drop in on them again as they plot the future. Now, from the top dogs kennel in beautiful downtown Burbank, it's the Terence and Philip Show. Well, thank you, Gary, and welcome to another Terence and Philip Show after a kind of a short break. I'm Philip Hodgetts. and I'm <laughs> Terence Current,
1: and we're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I guess we should start with uh, NAB since that was a little while ago. Yeah. Is it sad that it was one of my best NABs
0: ever and I didn't even make it to the show floor?
1: That's right, because you were in the uh, suite in um, the Final Cut land.
0: Yeah, very sweet, sweet. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> 26th floor of the Wii in air conditioned, except in the afternoon when the sun got a little intense. Um, yeah, really. It was a it was a great place. The FCP Works demo room
1: mm-hmm. focused
0: on on Final Cut Pro ten for the high-end workflows. And they delivered a very continuous stream of, of well-qualified people who loved which, what I was showing them, which was largely Lumberjack. It's mm-hmm. funny. Being in that situation, we have – of course, we have Lumberjack system and we also have these other range of, of workflow tools, which we didn't need to demonstrate because all of the other workstations which were showing – like uh, commercial workflows, feature film workflows, documentary workflows. We're all demonstrating our tools as part of those workflows. You <laughs> never had to worry about actually showing them the intelligent assistance tools. So, oh, that's cool. Yes. Yeah, so it was interesting, though, that there was nothing at NAB that I felt I had to go to the show
1: floor to see right there and then. Well, I was going to say, you know, not making it to the show floor, you didn't miss anything because, uh, you know, I was there and it was pretty – anticlimactic year uh, as the usual you know black magic always has something new of course yes this year you know they dropped the uh 4k film scanner for thirty thousand dollars yes then, I've, then i'm walking around the rest of nab and i'm seeing the remaining you know film scanning booths and thinking you guys are dead and you don't even know it you know there's you're, yeah you're you're yeah. at your last nab and you're not even aware of it yet and i'm looking
0: with great interest towards resolve and seeing what uh editorial features they're adding there to mm-hmm. see to see if any of the tools that we make might be useful for Resolve users if they're
1: moving more into editorial. Yeah, it's interesting because they're definitely moving to fill the gap of uh, you know the finishing system. What what Symphony mm. you know should be had Avid kept updating it all this time instead of just you know not doing it. What I guess DS should have been if Avid hadn't you know ignored it and let it die. Um, so the real com- competition, you know, they're kind of coming up to the world of Smoke, et cetera. They're, you know, where or Scratch yeah. It's going to be. You know, here's this really powerful color corrector that also is an editing system and an has effects, et cetera. So, but. That may be hard to build in than you know harder than they think. I don't know. We'll see.
0: They said DIT tool as well, and uh, for the enormous
1: price of well, mostly well, free. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard to beat free when you're competing. You know? Yeah. And and there it's interesting because they took a, basically a page out of Apple's playbook. You know, yeah, it's free, but if you want to see it on anything, you got to buy their dongle, a Black Magic card. Hmm. <laughs> so they do get sales out of it. It does generate stuff, and it, yeah. And if you're buying their camera and their cards and et cetera, you know, yeah. it's all kind of ties together. So. Yeah, but that we were
0: so wrong about um, Blackmagic buying well, Media Composer out of Avid because they didn't need to.
1: They're just going to do it. Yeah, they're they're going to bring all
0: the features, yes. the editorial features into Resolve. That's a much smarter approach,
1: really. Well, and I, you know, I, I don't. I don't see it ever being a offline editing system, you know, like for real serious yeah. editing. Uh, but it's be, as a, when it has, it becomes a finishing tool, then it, what it means is you can do your offline in Final Cut 10 or uh, Premiere or Avid or Vegas or wherever the hell. It doesn't matter. And then you go into Resolve for finishing if you're doing high-end finishing. You yeah. Know? And everything is there. So that's what I'm saying. They're kind of building – they're going into a, a market area that – it's like their 4K scanner. Yep. How many people need a film scanner? Not – you know, an enormous amount of people need it, yeah. uh, but they're going to sell enough that you know, if they're making thirty k, you know, if they're selling for thirty k, so you have to assume it it's probably, probably costs them five k to make it at most. It's probably market for at least a couple of hundred worldwide. Oh, I would yeah, absolutely. It's not going to be post houses. It's going to be people who have the film, and yeah. in the past would have said, "Well, now we have to retransfer it all the four k." Now they're going to go, "Well, we can just buy one of these and you know, get an intern to run it." Of course. The part that they <laughs> they gloss over with all of this is, you know, the uh, sterile room and the film cleaner and, the you know, the ability to do proper splicing without trashing. All of that stuff they just sort of didn't even mention. As a matter of fact, their, their uh, pictures of the unit, uh, you know, in their promos are like up on an office in a wall yeah. and up on an office in a lobby, you know, where, of course, dust and dirt and all that crap are floating around in the air. So, I, you know.
0: I well, well, that's the thing about all of the, the Blackmagic tools, I mean, you, it's not just the, the scanner, it's Resolve. I mean, fine that you can get all this amazing power for free, but mm-hmm. if you don't know how to actually use it, yeah. it's worthless to you. I exactly. 30000 is an amazing price for a, you know Ultra HD film scanner. Absolutely. Incredible it's price. It's insane price. But yes. if you don't know how to use it, you're going to get a very substandard result no matter how good the That's Blackmagic true. product is. That's if you true. you don't put it in a sterile environment, you, you trash the splices and you trash the film on the way in... No technology is going to save you. So it, it's the same with any of these tools. And, and I think it was Alex Lindsay that made the argument very early on that software should be free, but the training should be what you pay for. Oh, there you go. Except the training's free on the internet now. So well, yeah. <laughs> I, I said to Greg just before Final Cut 10 came out, I said, I'm so glad that we're not in the training business now because mm-hmm. there is just going to be so much free content yep. out there that people are going to be competing against the, the Ripple trainings and the Larry Jordans are all just competing with this you know free training of variable quality. At least when you go to a name like that you know you're going to get a certain level of quality in the
1: training and accuracy. And accuracy is important. Yes. And of course, uh you know AJA has a camera. Yeah, It was like, so what? Everybody's got a camera now. It's sort of anticlimactic the, anymore. The business to be in must be making the sensors because somebody's so, making yeah. the sensors for all of these companies. Yeah, that's true. I don't uh, that. the, the funny part is that you know now that almost every part of the uh, production and post-production process can be had so cheaply, the last element that isn't cheap is lenses yes you know, absolutely so, so you buy your two thousand dollar bitch in 4k camera but you've got to go buy you know fifty thousand dollars worth the lenses to use it so when you see black magic buy you know a zeiss or somebody like that <laughs> then you'll know then we're it's on the over. final straw <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes at the moment i would say own the glass and rent the camera exactly
0: because they've almost got to the point where the pricing is and i hate to say the technology of that level is disposable, but it is. It's almost. It you know, is three thousand dollars
1: for four thousand dollars for yeah. a four K camera. You're going to repair that? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, you're right. It, and it, it, but again, it comes down to the lenses. So that's a good point. If you uh, if you could rent the lenses, but I wouldn't build around it now because, like I said, it's just a matter of time before Blackmagic goes. Okay, here's the last gap we haven't turned out a cheap part for.
0: Lenses. <laughs> is there a lens manufacturer that's fairly? financially distressed at this point. At, yeah, I don't because know. Because that's, that's what, a good that's question. That's, that's, his, the talent that, that's, that's the talent that, that Grant has is he picks yes. up the companies that yes, have cheap. great assets but are, are stressed out because they're trying to keep, a, I guess, an obsolete business model or obsolete technology in a market that no longer is viable for them. But, for example, with Resolve, taking the, the core technology, the yes. software part of it, it, separating it from the hardware that was the, essentially the business that caused them to go broke, he, He's been able to revitalize the brand, revitalize the product, and it's taken into great new areas. But it was all because – you can still
1: buy the $30,000 panel if you want.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you don't have to buy a million-dollar right. unit anymore with the whole thing in one suite. Yes.
1: Yeah, it went a long way down quick. Yep, yep. And where's it going to end? If we go back – Well, to... you can't go lower than free because he's not going to pay us to take Resolve. So chances are, yeah. (laughs) yeah. So I don't know how you can get lower than free, and he can't keep giving it away free if people aren't buying the Black Magic cards or something, anyways. Because you know you do need to have some income to stay in business. So. I understand that Blackmagic are doing quite well. Thank you very much. Yeah, but they have a lot of products. They do so. But, you know, you can. Wh- that's the beauty of being a private company. For yeah. one, he can yes. do whatever he wants,
0: and uh, doesn't have to tell anybody he whether or not he's making exactly. any money. As opposed to the the public companies like yes. you know, like media comp-
1: like Avid and Adobe, well, pretty transparent what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So if you're running a lost leader situation, like if Resolve is a lost leader, it's still fine because it's bringing the people in for the other parts of the, the, the chain. isn't it? Or
0: well, they may sell enough of the $1,000 full feature software because essentially you, you, there's like three features you pay for. Now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really not. Yeah, the noise reduction is one of them that I remember. It's it's, it's not a lot of difference. I think it only goes to HD, or I know because no. they keep changing it. No, I believe that that Resolve 10 goes to Ultra HD. I mean, on the free version.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, on the free version goes to Ultra HD. You can get film 4K on, on the paid version. I think there's okay, that fine so there's distinction.
1: Still a re, you know, there's still a resolution difference. And,
0: yeah. I wouldn't necessarily swear by that because I haven't really looked at that, whether it is 4K or Ultra HD that's the cutoff. But, oh, it's the kind of features
1: that if you need those, you can afford 995
0: Exactly, yes. <laughs> exactly. And I believe that the noise reduction is also you know a tool yeah. that may, may be worth that in, in and of itself for some mm-hmm. people.
1: But yeah, where does that
0: leave a company like Avid? And it's uh,
1: Avid is that's a hard one to predict because you know I <laughs> coming out of NAB, you just kind of go. Mm. But are we switching gears? Okay, so we move up past cameras, so we're going to Abbott. Well, let's talk about Is there anything
0: more to say about – this wasn't really much more to say about cameras. There's lots of great yeah, no. cameras. You can't buy a bad camera. And you, you know, well, let's
1: go back to the show floor first okay. before we yeah. get into Avid because that's its own unique conversation. Um, the most impressive thing to me was Dolby's uh, HDR monitor, the Dolby yeah, Vision. you were impressed by that. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful thing. They're basically driving um, monitors up. To forty times brightness that you see now, so currently monitors are set up at 100 nits. A nit is a, uh, a unit of measurement of brightness. So, so your white point is 100 nits. So, there's your point of reference for what I'm about to tell you. Dolby did testing and found out that the human eye could perceive contrast all the way up to twenty thousand nits, and then, with further testing with people watching, they found that the sweet spot where people, you know, before it got too bright for people to watch, but like the sweet spot was ten thousand nits. So right now they're only capable of getting to four thousand nits, but that's the monitor they were showing there. They had scenes from a movie playing on their uh, their uh, on a, on a really nice monitor uh, in HD, and it was playing, you know, what you would normally see now if you got a Blu-ray. And right next to that, the exact same scene playing in sync, but it is playing on the HDR monitor. And the difference was it just popped. I mean, it's, you know, um, glints off of a windshield were like real glints. Uh, The colors also pop because once you increase the contrast range like that, guess what? The chroma increases with it. Yeah. It's like everything just – it's very dynamic. And it was the kind of thing. It was perfect – juxtaposition to have the two next to each other because i could take my parents up <laughs> and point at these and they would pick the monitor on the left and go oh my god it's so much better you know yes i like that picture better whereas if i showed them 1080 monitor and a uh, 4k monitor playing the same thing next to each other it would be kind of like uh yeah, they, yeah i don't know looks the same to me you know so this is and and what they're doing different is this isn't to sell Dolby monitors this is to sell uh you know the uh Dolby vision so they've licensed this to uh several different TV manufacturers one of which is Vizio who makes the cheaper TVs which is going to be interesting mm. so these companies will be selling and it'll be just like you know all the, all your gear at home that you watch television or movies are on something in there is licensed by Dolby there's a Dolby chip in there somewhere so this is going to be the same concept they want to keep licensing you know because that's obviously a better way to make money than selling individual TVs Do you have to process the
0: content differently
1: Yes you have to color correct for it Okay <laughs> And what they're doing is they're developing um, basically LUTs so that you only have to color correct once you color correct it for the Dolby Vision and then there's a LUT to bring it down to a regular you know normal what people would normally see
0: but we have to keep a separate grade through that signal yes. path versus a regular HD yes. signal path. Yes, so you'll
1: have a separate. And they know, they're, you know, unlike the uh, the uh, 4K zealots, they're pretty well aware that you know broadcast isn't going to change tomorrow, no, <laughs> or no. in the near future. So uh, they're just going over the top. They've got contracts with Netflix and Amazon, et cetera, to provide the Dolby Vision versions of movies, and um, they've got they basically they built these prototype reference monitors which they've placed in several places in town that are actually doing color correction passes on major features right now so the content will be up there so it'll be interesting to see i mean it from a you know a a watching it and have it be more impressive um um, standpoint you know 4k doesn't really do anything for you when you sit at a normal human distance from a screen this stuff does you're just going to go wow there's there's a a sparkle is the yeah. best way I can describe it. You know, there's a sparkle to it. There's a punch to it. You know, it really pops. So, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. If you get it, oper- well, you'll see. You're going to go to IBC this year, right? yes, yes. Yeah, they'll be there. You'll have I, to. see. I'm almost yeah. certain
0: I'll get to the show floor at IBC. Yeah, that, I hope so. IBC, the kinder, gentler, quieter NAB. <laughs> <laughs> same people, same companies, but they don't have the loud noise. It's it's
1: very much more pleasant. So is there like a rule there that they can't blast like, all the, like they all do here? There was one booth I saw was blasting
0: out some high-energy music but for five minutes every half hour mm-hmm. for a very specific demo that they were doing. There wasn't this, this constant barrage of loud music from every direction all the time or people right. trying to talk over each other for, for demos. Very occasionally you'd hear a noise from another part of the, the hall, but like I said, it, overall it's just a, a quieter, gentler. Um, NAB. And, mm-hmm. and you see a different perspective because NAB is very American Asian focused, mm-hmm. whereas you, you don't see a lot of European developers. Oh, okay. Um, you know, companies like Easy Scott have made the transition. They were sort of in a little demo area last year and they shared a booth this year at NAB, but they, they're European. Um, generally speaking, you see a lot more European companies in europe what a surprise well, that, 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 <laughs> i guess that makes sense <laughs> it does make sense well you get sony and all those guys. oh yeah yeah, yeah. and oh. the small booths i mean i figured that if there was something interesting in the small 10x10s around the corner around the back edges that that somebody yeah that knows me you. would have told me about yeah. it and yeah and I, no, I didn't no, hear any was, of those
1: this year it was not really you know it was it was very unimpressive i gotta tell you I, it just and and you know, I walked around a lot of area even in the the um new technologies coming to nothing really all that impressive. The drones you know there's more of them, yeah, and they're getting better, but you know it's not as impressive as last year, where all of a sudden, where there weren't drones, all of a sudden, there were drones everywhere yeah you i know, saw I saw that starting in
0: twenty twelve when I was doing the whole solar odyssey thing, mm-hmm. and that was just yeah, there was just, b- beginning just to beginning. see the drones, and it's like, ah, you know, in two years from now, the software's gonna be so much better, yes. That the skill level that you'll require isn't going to be as high as it is right now. You won't have to do silly mind games of suddenly left and right are swapped around because the 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 helicopters turned round.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and the uh, now, now Oculus. Somebody yeah. I saw a thing today yes, with a yes. high
0: resolution camera that feeds into the Oculus Rift. Yeah. yeah. It's not if shipping yet, but
1: it's the Oculus are if you don't know they're uh, basically goggles that put you in three D space. Yep. And so yeah, you'd be wearing that. You'd have the view of the helicopter. Of course, that would really... Freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't make you seasick, nothing will. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, I mean, I have a, a little, very low-end model of a, of a Parrot an AR-2 drone. Right. A, yeah, I have that. It's, yeah, yeah that kind that's of fun. fun. Yeah. 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 But I got sick of flying it up and down the swimming pool. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of you know, reason to go and, and learn
1: it and play with it now. I know. I have to get out to a larger area with it because, yeah. it, you know, I try to fly it around my house and it's, it's I got it keep it down low and not move around much because I don't want to lose control of it. You know, yeah. I broke one motor already. The day I got it, I go out, of course, immediately fly it. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. and I wonder what this emergency button does. Don't hit the emergency button. It cuts all the power. Yeah. Well, at 15 feet, that doesn't make for a good landing.
0: Well, <laughs> I took it up to Colorado with me one year. I yeah? had to take all the blades off to get it in the case, to get uh-huh. up there and, and put them all back on. And, and I didn't reset ground level uh-huh oh oh and oh. you're real high and we're like like five thousand feet so <laughs> no, in the mountains above denver so we're actually up quite a bit higher than that mm-hmm. uh, and so i just start to take off and it shoots 20 feet up into the tree crashes back down with a broken blade oh yeah <laughs> that was the fly, entire flying for the four days
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so i now have an emergency kit so
1: <laughs> well mine took out the motor so i had to replace the motor one of the four yeah that, that was pretty good anyway was it? it was a good start. Yeah, so, so don't drone- hit the emergency button is, is no. the moral of that story.
0: The drones are, the drones are coming. Um, yes. It's going to be a, a, there's
1: going to be a regulatory problem with them. There's going to be a lot of problems. I mean, I've, I'm sitting here, I'm flying at, a, you know, 20, 30 feet up out on the street, and I'm going, wait, I can look into my neighbor's backyards. I could look into their windows. I could fly outside and see anything I wanted. So that was my first concern is privacy is, you know, I mean, it's not like, we're not having yes. enough problems with privacy as it is. I but... was very aware that I shouldn't fly the, the helicopter up to people's balconies and yeah, <laughs> just... yeah. But but we're being moral. Yes. Think about <laughs> <laughs> this takes peeping toms to a whole new level. Yes. Um and then and then the second part is it's just a matter of time for somebody straps a bomb to one of these things, and you know, especially the bigger ones. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. if you've seen online, they have. You know, these testers guys have the big ones, and they have one that's picking up like a five-gallon barrel of water, you know. Yeah. That means you can put something serious on there, and because you can program in GPS coordinates, you don't even have to be there. You know, somebody's going to, like, launch 30 or 40 of these damn things in the in Washington somewhere all at the same time, and you could be gone. I mean, you'd be out of the city before they hit wherever they're going to hit. So it's going to happen. That's a nice thought. Thank you for that. <laughs> I sleep so much better at night knowing that that's possible. (laughs) It's you know what? I mean, one of the things has always been that you know it's not that it's really hard to to kill somebody; it's hard to kill somebody and and get away. Yeah, you know. Well, this makes it easier. It basically puts guided missiles into the hands of everybody. If you think about it, cheerful thought. Cheerful (laughs) thought. Hey, I can't. (laughs) I can't stop thinking just because this. I look at this and I'm like, oh my god, this is so scary. And and nobody seems to be concerned. Mm. You'd think by now the government would be going, uh, wait a minute.
0: But again, it's one of those things that have such a lot of genuine uses. How are you going to I'd regulate see. that without cutting out a lot of reasonable and and, and yeah perfect uses? I mean, there's some you can get shots with these cameras, these flying. Oh, cameras I know they're great. Should, yeah, cannot get any other way. Yeah, they're yeah. It's not, not in the aerials, but but they're flying along they're the streets. Just street following, tracking with, yeah, shots. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at, at, at heights, just above somebody's height. You know, places where it just cannot yes. put it. Yeah. There's a – I think on the Australian a series of uh, grand designs, which is just – they they track people's building projects. And there's a shot that starts indoors and tracks out – back along through outdoors and then flies up to about 300 feet for an overall aerial. A shot you could not have okay. got with a crane. of, and I can only think that somebody – had the, the drone in hand and brought it round.
1: That's what I, I have. And then and then just let it go and it takes off. <clears throat> That's a shot I'm attempting right now Okay, to get down, yes. Coming up and then, yeah. And so it it was an amazing shot. And they do they do
0: open a lot of opportunities. And I guess they, they take away some of the opportunities for crane uh, shots and crane owners and operators. You know, If all of these technology changes, there are winners and losers.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. Aside from the winners and losers of jobs, it's the winners and losers of the other parts that, you know, how it can be used. I, I, it, this is just making me think about the Google cars. Yeah. Because now when you're talking about a, a self-guided car, you could do the same thing because you could load that up with some serious explosives and program it. You into probably could. So I wonder how they're going to – do you have to be in the car? <laughs> Maybe. Because – can you target it and say, go this place? On the other hand, I can see that driverless cars are going to be a killer thing because
0: because <laughs> in actual fact – No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, uh, because essentially everybody has their own chauffeur. So your yes. commute times yeah. become redeemable times, particularly if you put a mobile hotspot in there and you can never get away from work.
1: Yay! <laughs> well, yeah, and, 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 and also if every car was that, and they're communicating with each other, of course. Even you won't better. get traffic jams because yes. they don't have to slow when you come to a bend in the freeway. Ah! Yeah, you perfect. know things like no. that. Oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So
0: that you know, and they should... already have a much better safety record than human drivers. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, it's all yeah. In a half
0: million uh, half million miles they've already driven, they've much fewer accidents than humans do for the same amount of driving.
1: Yeah, because they don't get distracted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Humans do. Humans do. Yeah. Texting. The number of – driving back from San Francisco oh my yesterday, God. the number of people yes. who were texting while driving at like 70 miles an hour on the freeway mm-hmm. was disturbing. Yes. Yeah. Not that this has got anything to do with NEB or technology. No, uh, uh, We uh, got uh, way
1: yes. off topic again. Yeah. Uh, again. <laughs> well, I noticed that recently we went to an event and, and we actually were uh, in a limo and I'm in the back and so and normally if I'm driving on a freeway, I'm – paying attention to my driving. Here, I'm just looking. And I swear to God, it seems like almost every car that I looked in, the drivers were texting or talking on a phone. I was just like, this is amazing. I don't know how there's not... I mean, if I was a cop, it'd be easy to write tickets all day long on yeah, this. Yeah, but know, stopping people on the freeways
0: where the it gets difficult. Just pick out one that one person to get them out of the herd, get them off the freeway to
1: ticket them. I guess. Yeah. I, I just... I'm looking and I'm going, there's, nobody's even hiding it. <laughs> I mean, we're not, you know. NAB cameras? Yeah, so cameras, boring. okay, so I guess the big things then were uh, not so big. As I said, nothing was really exciting. Uh, uh, Adobe, you know, now that they're in the subscription model, it's sort of like, okay, they add features, but it's not like in the past where you, okay, here's our release for NAB. There's yeah. all these new features. You kind of get features sort of added along as you go, so yeah. it's not as overwhelming all at one point. Um Avid's big announcement was, oh boy, you can go on a subscription model. It's like, uh, uh <laughs> that went over like a lead brick. Um, so yeah, they don't and have And Spoke went on a subscription model. Yeah. So that it is – it is. they do give you the options. You yes. can buy it outright, but then you don't get updates. You, have to, uh, you would have to pay for a new update, or you can buy it outright and then pay uh, – I think it's like 300 bucks a year, and that covers you for updates. Or you can pay for the subscription, and you always are updated as you go. So I think they all kind of come out around the same – depending on how often you upgrade, Update, yeah. you know, if you, if you don't upgrade, if you find going three or four years without upgrading, I think you come out better just buying it and rebuying it. But otherwise, but what was really uh, not so much NAB flashing forward to today, and this could be changed who knows when uh, was the announcement that phrase find and, um, and script sync are not going to be available in media composer eight, not just you have to license them separately, not going to be available now. May not be available. They're, well, as of now. As of now, they, they, are not, they do not have an agreement. They with do not Nexidia. have an agreement with Nexidia. And yeah. so and, uh, unless they work that out, it's going to yes, be interesting. And, and yes, I suspect that, the,
0: that from the fact that there was a PDF explaining why it wasn't in Media Composer 8, which hasn't even been announced yet, if yes. I recall correctly, <laughs> yes, is <laughs> suggested that – Certainly, some people within the company are not optimistic that the negotiations are going to suddenly improve.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and and the as of this point, uh, all it seems is that the feature, the new features of Media Composer Eight, is le- the licensing model. There's not, there's no big announced uh, feature addition. So, um, that being said, though, if they'd had a subscription only model all the way back, say from the
0: turn of the century or pre sarbanes Oxley, then there would not be the reporting issue that's causing that's well, that's their
1: accounting complications right now. That's true, which I hopefully is – gonna wrap up soon here somewhere i mean i keep well, hearing oh no it's all done and but it's not apparently
0: there were some five million transactions that needed to be reprocessed which seems like an enormous number of transactions that is to a me. lot of
1: transactions <laughs> yes to try to figure out what you know where they uh where they misreported earnings in a certain and quarter or whatever i mean the whole thing is stupid yes the whole thing
0: is it's really stupid because <laughs> yeah. it's not going to make a material difference exactly to the to avid the company to the products that they sell right. or the way they do business ultimately it's it's just one huge distraction that's that's taking focus away from what the, the head people in the company should be focused on.
1: Yep. Which but, is a, a good reason to get rid of Sarbanes actually, but yeah. Well,
0: it's yes, we not know? an area of our expertise. Right.
1: <laughs> what do we know? What do we know? Um, okay. So the other big thing that was not on the show floor, but was prior to that, I've had to go up actually for the avid uh, connect event. And that started on Friday. So it's Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And, um, that I- basically, Avid's spearheading this concept of getting people in, you know, in all parts of the industry to give them feedback um, and help guide the future future development for Avid. Um, they're promising twenty five percent of R and D funds will be specifically directed by this group. So it's currently set up sort of organization board-wide. There's a a leadership board, and then under that there's a bunch of different boards. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's one for community. There's one for products. There's one for strategy, et cetera. So all of those boards are supposed to, you know, get what their people want and things they're concerned about, et cetera, get that to the leadership board who then, I guess, filters it, and will give that to Avid and say, here's what we want next is the most important thing, so direct the funding to that, you know. That's. It'll be interesting to see um, what comes of this. But the show that they put on uh, for Saturday night, as part of this event, was worthy of Apple. You know the Apple events of. of okay. Uh, I it, it, this was I've never seen Avid do an event like this. This was really pulling out all the stops, and they obviously sunk a ton of money, and so. Uh, um, Certainly the new CEO believes in this approach or is willing to bet on it. So we'll see what happens.
0: Hmm. I think my takeaway was that Avid is very focused on the media enterprise. They're not really focused on the individual editor and the small facility that that I would see Apple
1: and Adobe being more focused towards. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, there's the, you know they know their money is in broadcast or you know large network type. Um, People will buy situations. something other than Media Composer. Yeah, something that will make them some profit. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that one of the big pushes at this event was the Avid Marketplace concept where and and they were showing remote they were showing the remote collaborative editing with Pro Tools and this is going to be coming to Media Composer or whatever and their whole demo was this composer in LA composes a song and then he wants uh, a little bit of a guitar rift added to it and so he has his favorite guitarist in England. So that guy hooks up, it immediately downloads all the files into his Pro Tools also. So they're in a synchronized session and they're, you know, on chat with each other and the guy plays a couple and then when the composer says, Yeah, that's the one I like, then he hits accept and it goes into his Pro Tools project. And now he goes to his favorite mixer who's in Germany and the guy mixes it. And then ultimately, now he can post that up in the Avid Marketplace, and you know, presumably, some you know somebody's doing a promo at ABC and goes, "Boy, I really want music that's like this," and finds it, and they go, "Yeah, that's the music for my promo," and they use it, and all the licensing and payments and everything are handled through Avid Marketplace automatically. Hmm. So, it's a huge vision, but it puts them squarely into the iTunes, uh, Google, Amazon universe. I don't know. It's kind of kind of up there. I don't know. It would be interesting to say, you know what? Wilder things have happened, so who knows? But yeah, yeah. Color me skeptical because that's just me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little skeptical. Um, but I also recognize that Avid's Marketplace is not one – Avid's Market in general is not one that I have a lot of association with, which is the the, the big media enterprise, the the well, networks but... and the
1: studios and – Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, uh, we walk out of this event, Jeff Sinkpell, who's at uh, uh, Chainsaw, similar to Alpha Dogs, comes up to me and he goes, well, they just showed a whole event that said, uh, the, you know, we're not important anymore. <laughs> I was like, pretty much, yeah. Yep. You know, they're saying if the guy's in his garage and then he can sell it straight to ABC and, uh, you know, we don't need anybody else in between, which is pretty much what all the rest of us do. So, and you know, again, you know, the, the, I, I talked to several editors who were like, "Oh, this is so cool!" You know, when I'll be able to do this at home, and then I just go back to my old warning that you yeah, know, to be careful what you
0: wish for. That's right.
1: As soon as the directors and the producers get used to never coming in an edit bay, that edit bay can be anywhere, yep. and it it then goes to the cheapest bidder. Yep. Who will? We've been talking about that for a couple of years, and it's yeah. inevitable. Yeah, and so basically, these you know, as they make it easier for people to do that, it's it's it, it's actually harming the editors in the long run. But they just you know, most of them don't see it yet. Yeah. They will. By the time they do, it'll be too late. Yeah, yeah, but hopefully, I, I can be retired by then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that going around. Yeah, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs>
1: it's but, like, can so I get out like, ahead of it? Can I,
0: I just I want to retire before I have to learn this, or I want to yeah. retire before this happens. or yes. I want to retire before yes.
1: something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, working for uh, you know five bucks an hour doesn't appeal to me anymore. So no, no, not in the dark room anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, So let's see. That was that was pretty much my experience with NAB, Um, you know, and and the usual partying. Aja party was insane. Once again, each year they seem to top themselves a little bit, notch further. I'm getting old. I think I just I didn't even attempt the Aja party
0: this year. Um, Had a very quiet week, to be honest. But I felt good for it. I mean, rather than being overtired, feet sore, nostrils completely destroyed, and sinuses completely destroyed by the air in Vegas, actually. Mm -hmm. Came out of it feeling
1: reasonably healthy for a change. That's good. Yeah, I came back and got, you know, terribly ill the next week. So I brought back some Asian plague with me or something. I don't know what. Well, that's the other thing about the show floor is your close contact was 80,000 of, of yes. the world's <laughs> people. People.
0: yeah, And then, then the whole of Vegas as well. So. You remember
1: the year uh, – it was the SARS flu year and all the, the Japanese people were walking around with the masks <laughs> on? That was so weird. It was like the giant Michael Jackson convention. But they do,
0: that in, they do that in Japan anyway. Oh, they do? Yeah, yeah. Anytime you've got a, a, a cold or a flu, you'll always wear the mask to, to school or to work or anything. So you so you don't spread it right oh well that,
1: that's that would be the individual. this was like these whole groups everywhere they they, they were just but all I'm, walking around with a yeah, this this so. is
0: this is, you, this is just your Japanese norm oh wow, if you want to protect yourself so so, so that's where Michael
1: Jackson got it from, probably,
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember being being um shocked by it when I was there as an exchange student a thousand years ago interesting n a b that uh but not a very exciting one yeah actually, it's strange though had it been. Say five years ago, and oh, AJ, AJ had announced that camera yeah, five awesome. years ago. Yeah. If, if five years ago we heard that there was going to be a free tool with the capabilities of Resolve 11, mm-hmm. if five years ago we saw the quality of these drones coming out mm-hmm. for the price that they are, this would have been a most exciting year, except we've become jaded by the fact that every year something bigger and brighter and better is coming along. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to fall in love with the newest Blackmagic camera because yeah. odds are it, it'll be obsolete next year. next year. Yeah, you, you
1: know. it's pretty much almost all the cameras except for the yes. Alexa, who's still who's just still holding out. It's yeah. everybody likes that camera. Yes, the the footage is awesome. I got to tell you, from a color standpoint, <laughs> it just, it's it's like the difference between you know working on red where you really have to work on it and you know you can make it look really good, but it's work. The Alexa, it's just like it's just like cutting butter. I mean, it just seems to. Just so easily. It does
0: seem that Alexa has reaped the rewards of what Red, uh, red sowed.
1: Yes. But they did more. I think they did more research. You they know. made a more Hollywood production yes. friendly camera. Yes, exactly. And given that's the,
0: largely the market that really is going to pay for those cameras. Yeah, and, yeah. Other than mom and dad and your trust fund.
1: Mom bought me a Red camera now I'm a DP. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was alluding to. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've beaten NAB to death. So um, if – oh, you know what? You were showing Lumberjack, and you haven't talked about Lumberjack. No, I haven't. Well, we were. Oh, come on. So wait,
0: wait, wait, Lumberjack system is now live. All right. Finally, after only two Explain years of – Explain what
1: Lumberjack is. Lumberjack
0: is a muscular real-time on-location logging tool for and pre-edit tool for Final Cut Pro ten. which means that instead of doing the logging after you've shot, you sh- do the logging while you shoot. On an iPad? On an iPad or a computer or Android or whatever – can connect to an interv- in- to the internet. Okay. So the basic, basically, it's a live logger. So it goes straight to the internet. We are in late development, like early beta, of an iOS logger that doesn't need to be connected to the internet. Cool. Um, not as feature rich. Um, the way it, it works is we use the best of th- of internet connected and the best of not internet connected. So if you want to set up an event, you can do that at a computer with a full keyboard. Mm-hmm. and enter keywords, and the stuff that you know you're going to need, mm-hmm. you can do beforehand on a real computer, and then just use
1: the, the stripped-down iPad or um, iOS device to, to do the actual logging. So somebody's sitting there at the production, and they're logging, uh, you know, Joe Blow walks into the kitchen and slaps Jane, right? Yeah. Yeah. So be- and then how does that show up in Final Cut? Well, what you'll be doing, you should have kitchen, mm-hmm. Joe and Jane, mm-hmm. and slap would, or fight would
0: be the activity. Okay. And then there's the other the choice, the choice option of other keywords, um, so in Final Cut, I'm just going... So yeah, in Final, th- th- Cu- in Final th- th- Cut, th- th- what you would have is a anything keyword... in the kitchen? You would have a keyword collection for kitchen. Okay. You would have a keyword collection for um, Bill and... Uh, what were his name? What were his uh, character yeah. names? Bill and Jane. The characters we mentioned. Ted and or whatever. The characters we mentioned before, and a keyword collection for slap. Okay. Then you would have the option of having a string out, a com- compound clip with all of uh, the kitchen shots, not very useful in this case, mm-hmm. all of the... Tom shots, or mm-hmm. the Jane shots, or all of the fight shots, which is probably where you might want to start. Yeah, that, be, that must be reality. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, or if you were logging sports, right. you know, even, not even necessarily a match, but just a training session, you have a, 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 you know, an assistant coach or just one of the students log the player and the play, mm-hmm. and then what you get, as soon as you ingest the media, within five minutes, you've got a string out of each player's plays... Mm-hmm. and each play from across all players for the coach to review. Cool. In in next to no, well, literally less than five minutes. So it's it's very exciting. It's really been the combination of us doing enough use of it ourselves mm-hmm. on enough different jobs to know that we had reached the end of developing stuff that we know about, that we right. can do, and, and the advent of Final Cut 10.1, which allowed us to get away from a kind of kludge that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to keep... Um, locations, people, activities, and other keywords separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, we want to use key-value pairs. Which, okay. You know, you have a value, you have a key, which is what is this value about, and then you have the value. Okay. Final Cut doesn't support that, and I understand why. It just uses keyword ranges. Okay. It organizes them into collections. But we wanted to have this um, ability to keep them organized, so we had to use things like A colon for activity, P oh, wow. For person, and it's like oh, this is just inelegant. Yeah. And then in 10.1, the XML associated with Final Cut 10.1, we have the ability to create folders within the XML. Okay, for so that's how you organize it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and then when we when we read it back in advanced mode, um, we know that stuff within those folders are our keywords. Mm-hmm. Stuff outside that folders are not.
1: Cool. Yeah. yeah so. so
0: there you go. There's the new announcement from NAB. Yes. And it is live on. Is this the App Store? Uh, at the moment, you can download everything straight from LumberjackSystem.com. dot com. Okay, you can sign up there for an account. It's only nine dollars ninety five a month, and frankly, if you shoot video at all, mm-hmm. and, and you can't get nine dollars ninety nine a month out of va- value out of Lumberjack, I really want to know what you're doing because <laughs> <coughs> somehow I, I, it's hard to think about a situation where unless it's scripted, where you can not get nine dollars ninety nine in value out of a month out of it. It's not only all the organisation, but it's this pre edit if you're doing a documentary, to be able to actually string out, here's all the times from all the people that spoke mm-hmm. um, with, you know. Talking about this. Talking about Burbank Road Kings or yeah. talking about, you know, Big Boy at Toluca Lake, which is from the example that I've been demoing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, to have all of the freight train, the, the double-engined car, all of that stuff in one string out. That's not an edit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a time-based string out. But it's, right. it's all of those selects. It selects. Yeah, yeah it's the nice. selects that you set up on the set. Mm -hmm. Because you click a checkbox on, you click a checkbox off. From that in point to that out point is a keyword range in Final Cut 10. And it's really so closely affiliated with the mindset of Final Cut 10 that Mm -hmm. when we tried to make it work within Premiere or Avid, it's – I'm just not sure that we can do the same experience.
1: Mm.
0: Um, Although, you know, maybe – who knows? <laughs> for it, the it, it right works. amount of money, <laughs> anything could be done. <laughs> Something like yeah, that, somewhere yeah, never, between never, zero and five never. million. <laughs> <laughs> at, at this point, it works really, really well with Final Cut Pro ten, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of advantages for a small developer to keep it with just one platform uh, and support it really, really well. If we were to go from Final Cut ten, where we have to support one version of XML and yeah. one operating system. To, say, Premiere, we now have to support two versions of the XML and two operating systems. And if we included Media Compose, we still have two operating systems. We now have a third flavor of intercommunication with AAF. Wow. And we still only got the one developer. Mm -hmm. So there is a sense that doing the one thing well, even if it means we leave money on the table in other places, is probably the right thing for us to do. Have so it's,
1: it's LumberjackSys.com. System. System. LumberjackSystem.com. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I want to make sure. Yep. Cool. And can you get there from the Intelligent Assistance site? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were – I mean
0: Lumberjack was originally a project from within uh, Intelligent Assistance. Mm-hmm. But Lumberjack System was set up as a new company that purchased those assets out of in, assist, Intelligent Assistance. Okay. Because they're different. I mean Intelligent right. Assistance is about workflow product. Products for Final Cut Pro, Final Cut Pro 10, and, and um, Premiere Pro. Mm-hmm. Lumberjack is a in logging and pre-edit tool for Final Cut Pro 10. So they're, they're different focuses. Cool. Well,
1: good luck. Thank you. Thank
0: you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I expect it to be a slow growth, but I expect it to be fairly popular. Yeah, time.
1: once you get uh, you know a couple series that go, yeah, we've used it and it was great. Mm-hmm. You're you're done, and then. You get to retire, you dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I'm not sure that I want to. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're looking for tools to make your life easier working within Final Cut or Premiere for some of the tools, or mixing and matching back and forth between different systems, make sure you go to intelligentassistance.com.
0: And if you want to get your project finished well and beautifully, come to Alpha Dogs where
1: you can get your sound and vision fine tuned to perfection. Why, thank you. <laughs> Until next time, do something creative. Thanks for listening.